doing, wrestling fans? And welcome to another edition of John Arezzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast. We are the only wrestling podcast that brings you back 30 years with vintage audio featuring some of the biggest names of that time. The show is no exception. The Pro Wrestling Spotlight covered all the news and breaking developments in real time. And now we get to relive those moments right here on the podcast. Today, we're going to review show number 259 of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Yes, we are coming down to the wire with the original shows left. And show 59 of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight aired on 1240 AM WGBB in West Babylon, New York on December the 4th, 1994. As we enter the holiday season from years ago and the last full month ever, of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight from years ago. Our guest from back then was Missy Hyatt, and we will review her appearance right here today. Before we get into all of that, I do want to tell you that our Patreon account, we picked up another couple of members over the last week, and uh, I really appreciate everybody's support, as I always do. Uh, our Patreon account is so important. As I talk about it every week, it does help cover the cost of producing and distributing this show. And I would certainly appreciate it if you check it out. Patreon.com forward slash John Arezzi. Five bucks a month gets you in the door. That's our starting price. And there are other levels based on how much of the archives you want to have to view and to enjoy because uh, there's a lot of stuff up there. That's patreon.com forward slash John Arezzi. And once again, I appreciate your support on that. Let's bring Marsh on first and foremost. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Marsh, how you oh. doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Having a good time. Good. I was, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there off the top. I was able to see uh, Mick Foley over the weekend. Oh. And it was really cool. He was really kind. And um, I mentioned him to you and, and Medusa. And he told you both to say hi. Oh, and then I God. said, uh, right before I left, I was like, uh, I'll also let uh, Sonny Blaze know you say hi as well. And he just lit up and he goes, do you still talk to him? And I was like, absolutely. I'm lucky enough to be able to talk to him still. And he's like, how is he doing? And I kind of caught him up on things and like, he's doing good. And is he still in Tampa. He was just so excited to hear about about Sonny. Oh, good. So, That's very cool. Well, cool. Nick, Nick was always close with him, with Al, and they go, you know, way back. They such a strong friendship, and uh, I got to check in with Al too to see how he's doing, and love to get him on. You know, especially towards we get to the end of this run. Uh, so we'll figure that out, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah we uh, we got a good one. We got uh, Joe Holloway. Joe Holloway, one of our executive producers on Patreon, is going to join us shortly, so we'll bring him on. And then we'll review this uh, this interesting show with Missy Hyatt. Missy neat. is always fun to be on this show. She's had some some of the most memorable appearances uh, on Pro Wrestling Spotlight for some of the zaniness that she talks about. Yeah, I want to say unhinged, but probably unfiltered is more appropriate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she used to love to talk about the uh, genital size of Eddie Gilbert on a previous episode. <laughs> she does not seem to hold back much. It's no, pretty she, cool. She does not. Uh, so we have some cool stuff there. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, just as we usually do, banter a little bit. Um, um, I have to 
tell everybody out there, if you haven't seen the show Ted on the Peacock, you got to watch it. I mean, I, I fell in love with that show. Um, the explicit nature of it from a talking little teddy bear. And these guys smoking a bong every night. And I mean, I just can't believe it's a, it. It reminds me of All in the Family really years ago. Because it was Archie Bunker was so yeah. racist. And they were so they were working class, but Archie Bunker was always racist, as is the the character, the dad character on this show. Really? And the mother is almost like an Edith Bunker character. And then there's it covers everything. It's crazy. It's it's one of the most insane shows ever. I went through the seven episodes. They're gonna have another season, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, if you're a fan of zaniness, you know, light one up and watch Ted. That's all I could tell you. <laughs> sounds like advice. That sounds cool. I thought you might say you reminded you of Wilfred. Because that was a really good one where a guy was kind of dressed up as a dog. And it was pretty irreverent, but really well done. And so. No, but it's just kind of like even the theme. It's like a sitcom with that, you mm. know, that cheesy little music, you know, transitioning from scene to scene. And. And I mean, the explicit nature of it is crazy. It, it really is. <laughs> so, I, I just loved it. And uh, I highly recommend it as well. Uh, so uh, no movies to report on. I did go see a movie that I actually walked out on last weekend. Really? When was the last time you walked out on a movie before this? Oh, a long, long time ago. Yeah. It was Mean Girls. <laughs> really? <laughs> that bad? It was just... I was like, what am I doing watching this movie about these high school kids? It was a musical. I like musicals. I always love good music. But huh. towards the, the the last quarter of the, the film, I, I said, I could see where this is going at the end of it. So I'm just going to get up and get the hell out of here. Um, and I did. Oh. And, and that's not typical for me. you know. I mean, I imagine you enjoyed the original, yeah? Yeah, I did. Lindsay Lohan mm -hmm. was one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, the whole cast I thought was really talented and really good at the time. So, yeah. Well, this one was not it, was just, it just got a little too. It's like, all right, I've seen it's enough. You know, yeah. <laughs> to get out. <laughs> I've had enough. All right. Anyway, um, I won't talk about doobies anymore with uh, our 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 Patreon executive producer joining us, and that's Joe Holloway. So let's bring Joe on. Yeah, I don't want him to suspend you. Yeah, I don't want to be suspended, Joe. Well, it's legal here, so it's uh, we're in the minority when when we don't talk about it. It's uh, it's pretty funny, um, yeah. and we're so close to Indiana where I'm at that uh, it's amazing how many officers we see at the border uh, chasing them out of our town uh, after they come through. So it's wow. quite the hot topic because it's uh, relatively new here, and yeah. so you're talking about bongs, and I'm like, well, we got a bong shop right up town. Yeah, um, it, it's uh, it, we're definitely in that transition. Great. Uh, Great comparison, though, with Archie Bunker. I was like, where's he going with this? And then I'm like, yeah. The dad is... So you have seen Ted. I love Ted. Love Ted. And really felt like the first movie didn't hold up. I watched the first movie after I went through and watched the series. And I thought, no, oh, that's not nearly as good as the series now. So great job. Everybody should get out there. You like wrestling. You're going to love this. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny because I was listening to um, uh, I listened to a sports station in New York, WFAN, and even Tiki Barber, who's like this Hall of Fame New York Giant player, and Evan Roberts, who 
post the uh, the drive time after they were talking about it today and how much, how great it was and he can't wait to watch uh, go home to his wife and watch an, you know watch another episode and so it really is word of mouth is spreading on the thing and I think they already committed to another season seven episodes was not enough right hmm. agree way too quick so it was good there's some cool stuff on tv so anyway so how's everything going you're doing all right i know last week you were supposed to join us but the weather uh you had obligations and tell everybody what those obligations are yeah, so you have a very, uh, very high uh, pressure uh, job there yeah so sometimes i gotta play i gotta play well, like i work um so superintendent of school district and part of my obligation is you're we had a big winter storm coming through, so I had to meet with the sheriff, uh, road commission, you know, every kind of the who's who of how we're going to coordinate that. And um, we didn't have school today. We're going to have school tomorrow, hopefully. So we're in that kind of in that range of just trying to keep people safe and, and get the word out and, and keep people at home. We had minus 25 degree temperatures out there. So keep people off the road. So let the plows get out there, you know, that type of thing. So, um, at the very last minute last week, I you know I had to cancel. I felt horrible, but at the same point, it would have been hard to explain uh, uh, to the bosses. So, yeah, that's certainly you didn't want to, you know, talk about this show to your bosses. Like, I don't know if I can make this meeting and talk about this emergency that's happening here right now in town because I have to be on. Uh, I have to be reviewing Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge from Public Enemy on uh, the Pro Wrestling Spotlight podcast. But we brought you back from Missy Hyatt. So well, I, I appreciate that at the meeting. I said, now if Ric Flair was a topic, I would I would have skipped it. But could have been a different story. Different story. <laughs> Well, we are, uh, you know, we are winding down. I mean, there's just a few of these original ones yet. Marsh and I made a lot of progress in what we think we're going to do. And I think what we're probably going to do more than yeah. likely, uh, I'm going to have a Patreon Zoom uh, to discuss it with everybody, those patrons who should get the news first. Uh, but uh, the good news is we are going to continue uh, after after the run is over. Uh, but we've come up with a couple of cool concepts Uh uh, and, uh, uh, we will, uh, we will, <laughs> we will be talking about that, announcing that, uh, but I do want to do it in front of the patrons first. So I think what we're going to do is, uh, I believe it's the 29th of January, which is a Monday. Uh, and that will be the day that we, um, we announce it. That'll be our next zoom get together, which I'll send out, uh, to everybody. And if you're a patron, uh, you'll be able to join us and hear the news first. Uh, if you're not, go there right now, patreon.com forward slash John Arezzi. Spend that five bucks to get you in the door, and uh, and you can hear the news first. And Because I, I want to get everybody's feedback as well. But I think yeah. people are going to like it. I think anyway. so. I like the Can't idea. wait. Yeah. See where we're going. Hey, no, why not? I mean, to get to hear Joey from North Babylon all over again and George from Lindenhurst and the Power Twins and Mark Tendler and – and Sonny Blaze and, you know, everyone else uh, that made the show so special and all the guests uh, for the run that we had is going to be really, really cool to go over with, especially because Marsh had not had the opportunity to hear all those early shows as well. He only heard the last couple of years. No. Yeah. And the more I've learned about some of these characters, too, the more I'm, like, excited to hear some of this stuff. Like, the more I've learned about Sonny Blaze is, like, yeah. How funny that you guys are making up win loss records for him and stuff. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to go through. I might even keep track of what you guys are saying week to week to see if it fluctuates or if it's just off the top of your oh, head. 
And I'm sure I'm sure that once we get started again with, uh, you know, some of my memories may fluctuate from when I did this with Brian last. Yeah, there'll be different questions asked by you. Yeah, and it's not uncommon to be digging through it a, a second time and suddenly being like, you know, I remember this last time, but now I'm thinking of something else. Like, Well, that's why it's like good. That's why I was telling you guys before we started taping, I'm watching The Sopranos again. And you learn something new every time you watch it or you remember something new. And I didn't. I don't remember that scene. And uh, so, yeah, so it's like going back, especially if it happened to you, you know, 30, mm-hmm. what was it could be 30 freaking five years ago. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, so I didn't catch the first episodes. So I'm I'm oh, excited. Oh, you're gonna be I happy came a little stuff. late to the party, so I'm really excited about it. That's when I was John Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Former pro wrestler. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny today. I don't even know what the hell my name is at any given moment most of the time. Because on the baseball stuff that I do and the and the wrestling, uh that was always John Arezzi, right? And uh-huh. uh, I had gotten a, I had gotten a, uh, uh, a request from somebody in the music business side to, uh, to have a Zoom with a, a finalist from The Voice to give her a little guidance, oh, wow. and, um, and so I have to go back to John Alexander because that's my music business. For, oh, for sure. <laughs> I don't even know when I'm answering emails anymore. What should I put? <laughs> So good. Well, you do the John Resby in quotes and then Alexander at the end. Uh, I mean, what a, what a bizarre life. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that. What a career. What a life. What a, you know, anytime. Welcome, man. Go back and read the book. Get the book because it's every time I listen, I listen, I don't read much. But uh, every time I listen to it, I'm like, wow, I forgot about that. Or I didn't just learn that again. Um, I'm going to bring that up next time we get on the show because I'm curious about that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same point. You can't believe all. I mean, just to read it from the outside without, you know, knowing you, hell of a story. I mean, hell of a ride. Crazy. It's and it, and it's not over yet. I mean, right. uh, I never thought like 2024 would, the way it's unfolding for me right now, and, uh, you know, I can't really talk about yeah. what's unfolding, uh, but it's something that for me, it's like, holy shit. I mean, I can't even believe this may be happening for me. <laughs> If it goes well, then the sequel to the book is going to be called Making Memories. Yeah, yeah, like like Greg Oliver was like, "All right, you know, when you're working on the other, when you're working on the on on, an, on another book, I was like, yep, hey, listen, that ain't happening. Yeah, what a process. Yeah, ain't yeah. happening. But yeah, get out there buy his book, guys. You're listening right now. You're watching. Get it. Get the book. Memories. You won't regret it. It's yeah, the audio book was incredible. I listened to it with my fiance, and she doesn't know a ton about John. Obviously, she doesn't listen to all the stuff that we do. And so uh, the more and more, like, we had to keep pausing it. She goes, really? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he didn't make up anything for this. I'll tell you that. He wouldn't have made that part up for sure. Uh, I can't but, believe uh, the shit I did in my life. When I can't you believe- went from, from being John Arezzi to John Alexander for music, did you yeah. do any kind of, like, wardrobe change? Did you start dressing different? No. It was really like, it was like at the end of the wrestling run, and uh, it was 96, and I, I, I needed to get a job. And for some reason, I thought that my name was jinxed. And I said, I'm not going to use it. I'm going to change it to something. And I didn't want to be found by anybody in the wrestling business. I, I mean, I wanted to turn the page, and I didn't want to even be like, I didn't want to be recognized by anyone. Yeah. 
And so I, um, it's a funny story. This is not even in the book, I don't think. So I, 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 I beg for this job at the radio station, WMJC on Long Island, the country music station. I'm like 300 plus. I have no freaking suit. I have a purple sport coat, uh, you know, and, and the dark glasses. I didn't even have a car. And I begged the, the sale because it was an opening for a salesperson. I begged the GM for a job. Give me 30 days. And the sales manager kind of saw something in me. And she said, Tony, give him 30 days. And, and, um, and I excelled. I got sales. But the funny story was, is like, here I am now. They asked me, why John Alexander? Because I said, my name is John Alexander. And I, used, I, I picked the name from Jason Alexander, who was George on Seinfeld. Because he was like one of my favorite actors, and it's kind of generic. So, you know, I'm John Alexander. Sometimes as volatile as Jason Alexander in, in Seinfeld. But so on my first appointment for ad sales, it was a nightclub uh, that was doing a country night called Tommy Knockers in Farmingdale, New York, on Long Island. And I walk in my very first appointment, and lo and behold, the owner of the club was somebody who knew my dad <laughs> and knew me. So, and also sitting at the bar was a guy named um, uh, Mike Delmonico, also known as Bully Ray. <laughs> sitting at the bar. So I'm like, I don't think this Alexander thing is going to work, you know? So... <laughs> So, you know, I didn't say, tell them my name was John Alexander. You know, I was like, what am I going to do? But I did. I got to sale uh, and we did some live remotes there. But that was testing. It, and, and now, you know, all these years later, it's getting a little, it gets a little testy sometimes for me on who I am on what given day. And that's the opening chapter in the book. It's like when I wake up this morning, <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, I decide who am I going to be? Yeah. Am I John Alexander today or am I John Arizzi today? Well, and. George Costanda had had multiple identities as well, did he not? He did. Art he Vandelay. Did. Art <laughs> Vandelay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Well, you so uh, the part that I love about it, and I I talk to this well about this all the time. You, you got to follow your dream, boy. You love you love wrestling. You love baseball. I don't know where the country music came in. I thought Patty Loveless was hot, so maybe that's. Maybe that's what well, got she interested. was, and I, I, I was with her. You know, when I first met her, she was only she was three weeks older than me, and I met her in '81, and she was 24. I was yeah. 24, and she was hot. Oh, the first time I saw Patty Loveless was at that bar, uh, the Stardust Lounge in Shelby, North Carolina. Went out one night for a couple of drinks. The bar was is in a dry county, so they you couldn't legally sell alcohol. You'd have to go outside the county to buy your liquor. And then you bring it to the club, you check it in like you would your coat, and then you buy it back from the bartender. Give me one of one of my beers. All right, four dollars. <laughs> That's a hell of a concept. This uh, dry county thing. And it was like, yeah, it was like a motorcycle gang club, and there was fights. And and this girl takes the stage in the band called Straight Up, doing cover songs, dressed in red spandex with this straight hair with these bangs and with a voice that just floored me. And that changed the direction of my life. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
And now she's in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, she did okay. She did, did all right for herself. Yeah, you're not too bad in front of those uh, in front of those artists. You know, Kelsey's yeah. doing okay too. Kelsey's doing really well. My goodness, right. Kelsey Ballerini. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. just amazing. Good Happy job, John. I, I, on the other hand, um, when I when I look back at like the Patty Loveless part of your book and, and the Kelsey part of it, it's like you can't catch a break anywhere in terms of just getting credit for shit. You know, I think it's preordained. Maybe, you know, if you believe in a higher power, maybe I was put on this earth to open doors for people. I don't there know. You go. Yeah, and I, that's why I, I don't really, I don't regret it and I don't lament over it. And I don't, I'm not bitter in any way. These right. people achieve their dreams. And, and I have to say, even with Gibby, with John Gibbons, uh, who, who, uh, you know, had been let go by the Toronto Blue Jays, and New Johnson Shelby, you know, with his great career in Toronto, and uh, helped his daughter out a little bit here in in Nashville, and and kept the friendship open, and and he was kind of dormant. He did some scouting, and then that one day I called him up, and I was like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm planting trees in my yard." <laughs> And uh, I was like, well, you know, because I talked to him about he should do a book and he never really, well, who's going to want to read a book about me? And and that day I caught him on a good day. And he said, well, maybe you think you can do that? You think you get me a book deal? I said, absolutely. And got him a book deal. And then the podcast idea came about and, and you know, gets on social media, blows up. The podcast becomes number one in Canada for baseball almost the entire season. And now he's back in the dugout. He's with the New York Mets, which is for me a dream for him. Right. It, going to the place you started as a first round draft pick in 1980 with Daryl Strawberry and Billy Bean. Now he's in the dugout with the manager. And um, I am so thrilled for him. I am so, so thrilled for him. And that's why, you know, um, everything happens for a reason, you know? Certainly. And 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 in this situation, the good things that happened with Gibby and I on the Gibby show and the book deal, and uh, we're negotiating with the publisher now to put another release out with him and a Mets uni uh, that will come out after the uh, the baseball season, and 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 then there's some other things in the hopper right now which are kind of exciting me, and uh, so anyway, I'm 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 blessed to open a door for somebody, and uh, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, but with Patty it was different because I had personal feelings, well, and that was um, and that, would, that was not. Anyone, sorry, yeah, anyone would. Yeah, I know, but yeah, I'm not saying anyone in that era probably lost a lot of fluids to Patty Loveless. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm yeah. just speaking Patty personally. Was, yeah, I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk wrestling. How about there? You that? go. Yeah. Speaking of fluids. <laughs> We got oh. Missy Hyatt on today. No, <laughs> and as we know, she was harassing public enemy. She doesn't even address it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, this was episode 259, no December 4th, 1994. I thought it, up on the top of it, it was kind of neat. You had mentioned that uh, WGBB was going all talk format. Yeah. This was not the WEVD is where... Um, where the king of rock was, right? Oh, you mean Mickey B? Mickey B, yeah. Mickey B was on WNYG. WNYG, okay. Yeah. So when I heard that, I, was, I get those mixed up all the time, and you know, and everybody who hears this knows that I'm mm -hmm. not good with acronyms. Yeah. Uh, 
when I heard it was going all talk, I was wondering if that was affecting any of that stuff because I didn't believe he was there. You know well, there mean? was a market for brokered programming, and that's what GBB specialized in. It was people paying to be on the air. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they, they made that announcement, and uh, they kind of used my show as a model because it, so, it got so much response. Yeah. But the guy coming on after me, you know, with the fishing show or whatever, I mean, these these people just used to spend money and not get any response, you know? Is this the station that had the uh, the psychic cooks on it? No, that was NYG as well. The Psychic the Gourmet. NYG. The Psychic Gourmet. Let anyone on. When do you guys stuff. hear that stuff? When that starts to happen, when we start revealing yeah. this stuff all over again. We got some characters. We got... Uh, Harry Hepcat and uh, <laughs> Lenny Coco from Lenny Coco and the Chimes. Uh, we had a lot of we had uh, uh, we had uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash show. So anyway, it's good. Yeah. when we go back to the beginning, it's going to be really really interesting and and funny yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And you do mention you're not going to be doing a show on Christmas or New Year's, right? For the next three weeks, you're going to be doing one hour shows. Yeah. But the beginning of the year on the first week, and you're going to go back to the two hour format. Yeah, well, we'll find out. <laughs> There's that tape again. Yeah, I wonder if you even really come back. January 20th. 20th January so 20th, come that's what it says. You know, because the last show that we do is on, uh, actually, it's next, uh, it's, well, it's a couple weeks away. It's the December 18th show. And that show is actually live from the Nassau Coliseum. Yeah. I had Cactus and Missy there. Yes, you did mention that. You're going to be two hours back for that show. Well, I don't think that happened. Oh, well, you said so that. anyway, we got a few more left. Here, this, this, this is it from the original run right here. That's here it. you go. Wow. This is it. Which is great. To me, I think it's awesome also because you, in this whole adventure, you've gone down the, the, the past. Everything we're doing week to week is the first time you've heard it. Now, when we relaunch and kind of go through it again, it won't be, it'll be the second time you've heard it, which is going right. to, after a few years, jar stuff, I believe, but so cool that we're getting towards the end of it, where you're going to be, Hey, you have to relive the entire run one more time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. More condensed. Yeah. Uh, you put over the, the bus trip for ECW. You say you need a really good solid head count. And because at a certain point you're going to have to give tickets back because Todd Gordon's saying it's really close to a sellout and they'll sell yeah. those tickets, whatever you don't use. So yeah, uh, and, they, and they would. So just cool. And it's cool that you were, it was fun having Todd on and seeing at the same time, because that was right before we went into ECW that you did keep in constant contact with him. Was he a guy you called regularly? Yeah. All the time. Was it about more than just what's going on at ECW? Uh, it was. It was always wrestling related. It was always ECW related, and it was always you know the bus trip. What I, I could do, and I was still trying to pitch them on they should hire me to sell TV ads for them. Yeah, they did not do that. Well, <laughs> they didn't want to pay me <laughs> except for yeah. permission only. Yeah, and they were having a hard time getting on Madison Square Garden. I mean, that that deal's been in the works for at this point what three months. Yeah, because that, that was totally brokered. They had to spend that money to be on there. So, yeah. you know, I guess they were trying to get sponsors on their own. But they're all a bit busy. So yeah. if they had someone dedicated. You get what you pay for. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's start off our clips with a good old-fashioned Donnie Liable news capsule. All right. 
as we do each and every week. Don, are you there? Yes, I am, John, and good afternoon to you, and a couple of weeks to go to Christmas. Yes, indeed, just three weeks from today. Lots happening this week in wrestling, and uh, a couple people departing from wrestling, and uh, a few updates. So uh, let's get right to the caps. Good afternoon once again to everybody. Well, and following up last week's lead story, the tragic passing of American love machine Art Barr, officially there remains no cause of death from the coroner's report. Now, to those who would like to contribute to a fund, we have been informed has been established for Art's five-year-old son, Dexter. Contributions can be sent in care of Art's mother, Gloria Abstan, that's A-B-S-T-O-N, and we'll repeat this address at the end of the capsule. It's 6778 E Street, Springfield, Oregon, 97478. Well, there are new offices at the helm of the National Wrestling Alliance. At a recent meeting, New Zealand's Steve Ricard was named chairman of the board, and to no great surprise, promoters Dennis Carluzzo and Florida's Howard Brody were also elected to the board of directors. Well, as John was saying just a few moments ago, the December 17th Extreme Championship Wrestling card at the arena in Philly has a lineup including Sandman opposing Cactus Jack. Public Enemy put their ECW belts on the line against Paulie Dangerously's Kamikazes, that being Sabu and Tasmaniac, and Ron Simmons will try to relieve the ECW heavyweight strap from Shane Douglas. One familiar face to ECW events, Tommy Dreamer will be making some long-distance traveling in the coming weeks with bookings for all Japan pro wrestling promotions. Dreamer will be joining Tom Zink, the Fantastics, and other Americans touring between January 2nd through the 29th for promoter Giant Baba. Well, World Championship Wrestling had its TV cameras taping this past Monday in Atlanta. Among the highlights was the in-ring debut of Blacktop Bully, who for months has been a babyface heckling fan in the audience. And during Bully's performance, Rick Rude and Kurt Henning, in suits not ring gear, did the heckling at ringside. Now, if this does get on television, watch for it either next weekend or on the 17th. Henning is said to once again be negotiating with WCW Brass to come in, while it's believed Rude is negotiating a settlement with his legal action being taken against the company, which would pave the way for his return to WCW ring action. Several new characters are expected to be introduced by World, Cha- World Wrestling Federation officials shortly. At this past week's tapings in Poughkeepsie, New York, Kensuke Shinzaki made his much-anticipated debut with uh, former wrestler and current WCW official Akio Sato as his manager. Brian Armstrong of WCW prelim fame is expected to enter the, the WWF as well. And a couple other people, you may be asking, who in the heck is Henry Godwin? Well, he's not the second coming of Hillbilly Jim, but look closely at the videos being shown on TV. If his face appears familiar, it should be. Not too many months back, he was billed as Shanghai Pierce while employed by WCW. Also, Brian Lee, last seen at the promotion SummerSlam event as the Evil Undertaker. He's returned as Jeff Jarrett's bodyguard with no name given to his character yet. Now, Lee can be seen tomorrow night on Raw, interfering in Jarrett's match with Davy Boy Smith. Also, Titan Sports, it's being reported, uh, has dropped its involvement with Ico Pro and its history, uh, them being together and selling the company. Also, another interesting move with the WWF, Luis Spicoli, as of late with uh, the Mexican promotion AAA, who has been working full-time for the promotion as Madonna's boyfriend, apparently has or will shortly join the Federation. However, there is a major hurdle for them to clear as Spicoli is on the contract with IWC. Checking the out-of-town matches, well, Smoky Mountain runs in Hazard, Kentucky today, while the WWF has two crews at work. 
one in Tel Aviv, Israel, and the other in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. WCW is off today. They'll be in Gainesville, Georgia, tomorrow evening. And the USWA, also dark today, well, they'll run their regular Monday night car tomorrow in Memphis. Finally, in wrestling history this week, on December 8, 1971, 23 years ago in Los Angeles, Cowboy Frankie Lane won the America's title from John's, one of his favorite wrestlers, Black Gordman. And it was eight years ago, also on December 8th of 1986, Dan Crowfot and Tom Zink took ownership of the international tag belts in Montreal. For the Pro Wrestling Spotlight, I'm Don Label reporting. Capsule time, 111. Cowboy Frankie Lane. I'm sure you guys really remember him. Oh, tell me about him. He was just a star in uh, Los Angeles uh, with the Mike LaBelle promotion, the Olympic Auditorium, and uh, wore the cowboy boots, the hat, and and uh, I just remember, I remember Jimmy Lennon, the ring announcer, uh, always enunciating his name. Jimmy yeah. Lennon was fabulous. And at that time, Black Gordman uh, was one of my favorites. I just dug him, and, and I loved that era from Los Angeles in 71. It was just phenomenal. 72, when Bruno won the Battle Royal out there in January mm-hmm. 72, and it was it aired on local TV in New York. Wow. It was incredible. I wish those tapes were still... I wish they didn't erase those tapes. They were classic. The Sheik, Tolis, Blassie, Mil Moscaris, uh, Gordon Goliath, Kinji Shibuya, Masa Saito, um, Kowalski, Bruno. I mean, it was like Victor Rivera... You know, uh, it was just an incredible territory, incredible territory. Oh, I know the thing that sucks, too, is the amount of stuff I've thought about where that gets lost due to just uh, people not knowing what it was. Right. Like grandpa passes away. They go through and see a bunch of old wrestling tapes and they just go, oh, well, these are just old wrestling tapes. We can get rid of these. They don't realize maybe the last existing tapes of a territory that just where they didn't keep the tapes, you know? Right. That was another situation is the WWF from Washington, D.C. I mean, there are some, there's like, a, there's a handful of matches on YouTube. Yeah. But I used to watch that religiously every week. That's when I first started watching wrestling. And if those tapes existed, yeah. my goodness, what a treasure chest that would be. Unfortunate. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Mark, you just hit on, our family has like the old reels of, uh, wrestling um haystack calhoun I, I mean anything that was in the cadillac civic arena which is northern michigan but when they would come in and they bought it at like the the civic center up there was going you know closing and they just started selling things and, wow. and this was years and probably in the 80s they, they bought it but i mean i've got some pretty cool stuff just uh, so you have the, the machines to play it though you have original videotapes on their their uh, what they call two inch yep. two inch reels. I'll, I'll, video? Get, I'll get some pictures of them and, and send them over to you. How it's, much of, yeah. how much of that stuff do you got? I, you know, I've not looked in probably five years. You know, after my grandfather or sorry, after my grandmother passed, the, the same conversation. That's what kind of sparked it in me was they were talking about well, what do we do with this? Do we? I don't think anyone is going to throw it away, and they just well give it to Joey's wrestling fan. Um, so I was going through it, and I'm like, well, I can't believe that we have this. But then trying to get the reels to uh, to watch it is you can look at the 
little things, but it's a two hundred. Well, you need, you need a media company to to acquire that from you, and okay. and I should have a conversation with you because th- that's a treasure chest of stuff. Depending on how much you have and who were on those those yeah. tapes, the only one that I really remember is Haystack Cohen. I mean, that's the hmm. I mean the biggest. Uh, but you've seen some of them, one hundred percent. Yeah, we huh. we watched those when when we first got them. My grandfather first got them back in the eighties, and I remember Was he watching in TV. Them. He was not in TV. He just bought it at an estate sale. Or he bought it at the, 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 um, the Civic Center. Center was going out of business. I yeah, mean, they wow. were closing. So they wow. were just selling stuff. And he was like, oh. It's from the arena. It's the original recordings. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that held up with magnet, you know, the uh, the quality uh, if it had deteriorated or not. But I've, you may have, you may be sitting on some real, you may be sitting yeah. on something. Don't yeah. leave those in a dry place. If the place gets too dry, that film will start to crack. So, so, what, so yeah, you, got, you have to hose them down once a week. <laughs> I'll get out there. What I'll do though is I'll get some pictures of them and I'll send them to you, John. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and some of that stuff too, like really some of these tapes and even John's been lucky uh, about the quality of his tapes and stuff. But sometimes if something's been in like in the back of a car for long enough, you might want to pop it in a humidor with a little like 69% pack just to get a little bit of moisture in there slowly. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to soak it, right? But you want a slow amount of moisture to get in there so it becomes viable again. Like, But yeah, there's places that can help with that stuff too. It'd be really fascinating to know what you got. Yeah. Oh. I'll get up there. I'll I'll go through the uh, go through the archives here at the house and see what see what it is. Yeah, awesome. I got a buddy who was going through uh, his his grandfather passed, and they were going through and found this little area in the back of the place where he had uh, an old wrestling title and that was framed. And then he found they found all these clippings. His name was Henry Jones, and he was big in Utah, and he was like the Utah champion when the when the company went under. And so he just framed his belt and. They had no idea that their grandfather had like a history in wrestling and they sent me all these pictures and magazine clippings and stuff and they're like this is kind of cool and i was like man this is really cool and i've looked around and i can't find much more information someone gave me someone's email to reach out to once and i just haven't done that yet uh but uh yeah any information on henry jones would be cool too but uh you just don't know what you have though you know what i mean some people would see that and be like eh, you know yeah i or some sort of like you look at Fred Blassie's coat that that we saw a picture of the other day at WrestleMania. It was just a bedazzled red jacket. If someone had that in their closet and it wasn't framed properly or something, someone might be like, "That's yeah. a weird gaudy jacket. Let's get rid of that." <laughs> you know, like sequins. Yeah, just sequins. So it's just crazy. What Powder blue. Industry. Powder and blue. Pink. Yeah. Freddie used to wear those colors. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Great stuff. Uh, in the capsule, though, I did like uh, Donnie was talking about how the the art bar fund's going to go to Dexter Arts Kid. Yeah, because that was cool. Yeah. Um, WCW had Blacktop Bully debut. I looked that up. That's Barry Darsaw. Ah. They tried everything. Who was part of Demolition, right? Yeah. yeah. And this was after and he, Demolition. After, and he was also that guy. He was also the he was also that guy who's Repo Man. Repo man, Repo right? Yeah. Man, it they was... had a reap repo a... man. <laughs> so you that guys want him on your show? I can get him on your show. You guys ever want to talk to Barry Darso? I can I can get him get you in touch with him, John. You his, friends with Barry? Uh, yeah, his son is a, a deputy in the county uh, that oh, I own nice. the coffee shop in. Ah. So he's came into our school and given, uh, you know, like I'm 
selfishly bringing him into the school because I want to hear about demolition and, you know, that time, but he'll come in and do some, uh, he's a great guy. Great guy. Yeah. Didn't Anvil put him over as his favorite? Like he wouldn't dive on the outside unless it was somebody like Darso on the outside. Oh, I believe Anvil said that in an interview because it was like, he didn't trust anyone to catch him, but, but yeah. Darso. Nice. Uh, let's see. Rude and Henning were starting their WCW thing ringside. Henry Godwin. Shows up. We used to be Shanghai Pierce. Henry Godwin. Yep, he went through a bunch. Uh, and before we play the next clip, you brief Donnie briefly mentioned that Brian Lee showed up as Jeff Jarrett's bodyguard. In our next clip, you guys touch on that immediately. But to me, the biggest thing that I heard here was WWF dropped Ico Pro. Well, yeah. How could this be? How could that be? It was such a shocking development. <laughs> I always want to know more about iGoPro. It just seemed like the most weirdest. I, I, Vince owned it, right? Yeah, he had a piece for sure, if not own it outright. Yeah. And it was oh. like WBF was, I think, heavily involved with WBF as well, the World Bodybuilding yeah. Federation. And I want to know more about his little side businesses and stuff, because it just seems every one of them is weird and didn't yeah. work. <laughs> you know? But uh, this is immediately after the capsule. Okay. You guys talk a little bit about Macho Man and um, Jeff Jarrett's bodyguard. Okay, Donnie, and uh, I tell you, lots of things going on still. And Macho Man Randy Savage debuting yesterday on WCW TV uh, with that. Uh, he came out for an interview and uh, said he would be at Starcade, and he doesn't know whether he's going to slap Hulk Hogan in the face or if he's going to uh, uh, shake his hand. So, would Macho Man? debuting yesterday i understand that uh, he was sued this week by titan sports and uh, dave Meltzer will probably clear that up for us uh, later on but uh, with wcw having henning and rude at ringside incredible man uh, that place is loaded that's like an that's that's like the biggest names in the business there and you know they still don't charge for those tapings there at the center stage so that's that's the best wrestling value for uh, you could get these days yeah it certainly is you know, a couple other things john one uh uh, Ricky Steamboat situation with him uh, being forced to retire because of uh, an injury, a disc injury and whatnot. One of the classiest guys, uh, I'm sure you, you've had a lot of contact with him over the years, classy guy, and uh, it's a shame that, you know, everybody's career has to come to an end at some point, but it, it's a shame that uh, see, see Ricky Steamboat, someone of his caliber and his class, not, you know, amongst the ranks anymore. Yeah, well, uh, we're going to try to get Ricky on this program to talk about his illustrious career and what his future plans are. Maybe even try to shoot for that next week. A couple other things, John. One, uh, with Brian Lee coming in as a manager or bodyguard to Jeff Jarrett, it seems uh, deja vu. That's just how uh, Diesel came in with Shawn Michaels. Uh, are you sure it's it's Brian Lee? Uh, that's the reports that I've heard. Okay, because I've heard that uh, also it could have been Armstrong. Mm-hmm. We'll have to we'll have to take a close look at Monday Night Raw. I've heard both both stories. Interesting, yesterday I had a, a talk with Dave Meltzer, and I didn't hear that name come up in conversation, but I'm sure if you speak to him today, uh, uh, he'll have the inside dope on that. One other thing, uh, personal nature, and uh, speaking to uh, the Big John Studd this past Thursday night, uh, for the people that have uh, contacted uh, uh, the show, myself, Dave Meltzer, concerning John Studd's health, he's still hospitalized in uh, suburban Washington uh, near his home in Virginia. He expects to be in the hospital uh, at least another week or two, uh, but his spirits are high, and uh, he's really looking forward to coming back in 95 in the ring. So, um, you know, everything's going well for Big John. 
Well, we certainly wish him our best, and uh, especially this time of year, to send our prayers and thoughts with Big John Studd. Uh, yeah, and he was close to the end at this point. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, I feel like he didn't last a whole lot longer. Did he get out of the, I mean, I know he kept saying he wants to get back into wrestling, but did he even get out of the hospital? I think, I think he passed in March of 85. Or 95, rather? Yeah, yeah March 95. March 95. Yeah. So, yeah, this was December 94, so eight, four months. Wow. What a bummer, man. Uh, I did find it interesting. Donnie heard it was Brian Lee that was Jeff Jarrett's thing from Meltzer, mm-hmm. and you had heard it was Armstrong. Yeah. So who was your source that was actually right? Because apparently you're better than Meltzer, so got to get it there out. There you go. I always knew that. <laughs> uh, I thought that was cool because I heard that too. I was like, Brian Lee was Jeff Jarrett's bodyguard, and I was like, I think yeah, I heard it before. I think I heard it Dink. Think Dink? <laughs> you and Dink pretty tight at the time? At the time, yeah, you know. Because <laughs> uh, I couldn't have, you know, I couldn't follow Matt anymore, Matt Bourne, the original doing, so I, I went over to Dink. You know, he was just took the O out. Could be the clown costume. I could have had Dink for clowns. I used to love Bozo when I was a kid. Really? Oh, yeah. Dink and Bozo? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to be a clown. I guess I did eventually become one in some areas of my life. I mean, in a, in a sense, you know, uh, when you went out there to wrestle, it was a getup you weren't used to. No. In I a, was a clown that night. Yeah. <laughs> I love that story in your book. People got to read it. The, how the whole thing came to be, how many matches you were booked versus how many you performed. Check out the book. It's uh, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good memories, you know. To be honest, I have the tapes <laughs> for a one day career in it. You had some pretty legendary opponents, so yeah, it was on a three hour tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so not bad, not bad. Uh, you do bring on Missy Hyatt. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you talk to her about what Christmas season is like in New York, and uh, she's talking about how she likes it, and you immediately do the thing that I've you can count on every New Yorker to do when anyone who's not born and raised in New York says, Oh, I love the snow. You're like, give it a week. It'll be black. <laughs> True. The whole time in New York, anytime I talked about how nice it was or the snow's looking cool, it was like, it'll be black by morning. And it's like, I get it. I'm enjoying it now. <laughs> I hated looking at that snow, the gray, mushy shit. I can't walk in it. Yeah. I can't. No. No, I don't go out. Like right now, I'm, I I've been cabin fever, man. I do not go. I don't walk on ice or snow. Did you? Have I a don't do it. Bad fall. Yes. What, what happened? Drunk in Boston. Of course, we had to endure the blizzard of '78 at that time, and I had an abscess during the blizzard of '78. We had no lights in the. Uh, dormitory and we went down to the cafeteria where you would eat and they only had I bit into something and it cracked the tooth and it became abscessed and I had to walk to Massachusetts General Hospital like for two days so they could drain it Oh man! so I don't like snow <laughs> so you haven't walked in snow I don't I, I, if I do <laughs> <It's> I, <laughs> very rarely 
Well, you, you like, not never, but here. not often. I look at it and I know I'm gonna fall, so I don't try to. I don't venture out into it. I just can't do it. Now I'm getting fucking crazy in here because it, I want this to melt, but we're having an ice storm right now, so uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna be stuck in this house again until probably Monday. Marsh also gives his age away when he says a bad fall. You get to a certain age, there's not a good fall. Yeah. Yeah. You fall. And yeah. So I do want to get out. I, I do want to get out. You know, I, it's actually next Thursday when we tape the next show. Mm -hmm. We tape on Thursdays. Uh, it's my birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe we should have house. a party. Yeah. <laughs> you do something. Yeah. yeah. Plan it. Go, go find Joey from North Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> What a birthday <laughs> gift that would be. It would be, man. God. I know. I wish I'd known all this stuff when I was in New York. I'd have tried to track down a lot more stuff. I'd be like, there's got to be a way. Yeah. Uh, Missy does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Missy does bring up she's going to be in a calendar or Low something. Head. Bar or something. And then she's going to be Miss October. She puts over where she's going to be that weekend to, to go sign. Um, but the next clip we have. You teased it before the ad break. You teased it after the ad break. You had Cactus Jack singing a Christmas ad for you. Oh, yeah. This is cool. Check it out. Tis the season to be a giver, or I'll drop an elbow across your liver. I'll beat you till your head is dizzy if you don't listen to John or Izzy. Oh. Let me say this and be polite. Listen to Pro Wrestling Spotlight. I'll say it weekly. I'll beat you meekly till your face is a horrible sight. Bang, bang! <laughs> this is Cactus Jack saying you better listen to the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. You better have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year or I'll come over there and make you have one. Yes. Classic. The one thing you'd mentioned right before this that was not included in the clip is you tell Missy that it's here and you're like, well, you know how much Cactus loves the holidays. And she was like, oh, does he? And I was like, how deep rooted is this love of Christmas that you knew in the 90s that this was like his thing? It was because he had his whole when he moved into his house. The entire basement was just Christmas. It was decorated like Christmas all year long. And that was back in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. He loves so cool. and still does because he's Santa Claus in a lot of ways, too. You know, he does still. I mean, yeah, he's fun. And he, he returns next week for another Christmas poem. So we have yeah, a, we have that to look forward to next week, too. We're going to have to co compile all of them into one long Christmas Foley clip to share with him. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I first met him the first time, he was in the middle of filming I Am Santa Claus. And I did not realize oh, this. Oh, wow. But when I met him, that was one of the things, and I got him to sign it eventually, like a couple years ago. The like it was an ad flyer, it was like a postcard that had him and Santa and him dressed as Santa. And so I got him to sign that uh, last year or a couple years ago. Uh, but I was talking to him, and at one point, he introduces me to his director, and it was the guy who was sitting there filming as we spoke because they were filming I Am Santa, and he was just following him with a camera and a bunch. And I was all like, What? So it was crazy cool. He was in a Christmas shirt, obviously, because he was doing the 365 thing. But mm -hmm. yeah, that that goes back. 
So yeah, yeah. I mean, and his family to this day, they go and they travel around, and you know, I mean, it's just fascinating that part of his, that part of his demeanor and his life. Yeah. Comparison to Hell in the Cell and Mankind yeah. and and Bob Wire exploding matches, and then he's delivering presents and making people happy over Christmas. Yeah. And not to put over my own stuff. Last year. Medusa had Mick Foley on during Christmas time to talk only Christmas. Didn't oh, want to talk nice. wrestling at all. And so it's kind of a long form interview with him. And he kind of gets in the details of when the Christmas room had to go away and things that he's done. That he was particularly proud of as Santa and, and just how deep rooted he gets with it, which is a fun one over on a uh, youtube.com slash queen of carnage. So I would recommend, I haven't seen it. I have to check that out. Yeah. I'll send you the link. Cause it was really, it was, it was fun to be part of, but it was cool to hear. Just him doing a Christmas interview. Um, but we do get back to Missy Hyatt. And you bring in callers kind of right away. Uh, and then at one point, too, you're just all like, all right, we'll wrap it up. And she goes, why? <laughs> and you're like, because uh, I want to have Meltzer on. And she's all like, mm, why? So uh, you'll see. You and he didn't come on. Right. No. Yeah, he, he, she stayed. Yeah. She talked you out of it. And it was great. So we have that here in a little bit. But this first one is the first four callers i believe and it is not a long clip <laughs> all right let's take our first call here uh we'll go right to jeff from staten island jeff uh, you're on with missy hyatt hello jeff are you there hang up on him. brian from levittown you're on with missy hyatt brian are you there yeah hi how you doing um would you know if bam bam bigelow do you have a question for Missy Hyatt, Brian? No. Okay, well, call back later with your general questions, all right? Dominic from Valley Stream. Questions for Missy Hyatt, okay? She's our guest right now. <laughs> We're having fun today. Jason from Babylon, you're next. Jason, are you there? Hello? Yes. Yeah, I, was, I would like to know if um, Missy Hyatt has any plans on going to the WWF. Missy, any plans on WWF? Hello? Yes. You uh Okay, because you know what? The phone clicks and makes funny noises. Okay. Um, anyway, you know, if they, um, I don't know, if they asked me to, I would. They have really great policies up there for their employees. They, they treat their employees so much better than WCW. And um, there's no um, no weird stuff going on. So definitely, if, if, um, if there was something for me up there, I would. that would be the only place I'd go to work. Okay, that would be WWF, and obviously yes. the problems uh, with WCW continue with you. Right, definitely. They'll probably continue for the next couple of years. And uh, do you do you want to talk about that? or? Sure, we can go ahead. Okay. What do you want to know? Do you well, want to know? Do you want to know who's the scumbags down there or not? I mean, we can talk about it. Federal Marshal's already served him with the federal lawsuit. Uh, there's been a, a, a lawsuit that's taking place between you and WCW. Right. Um, 14 counts now. 14. I think we're up to. 13, 14, I don't know. She, I mean, every, every, we could, we could find so many counts and then she amends, my attorney amends things almost every day. So that's a, that's a pretty major deal. It's also gotten some uh, national publicity as well. Uh, it's sexual harassment. Uh, it's, it's a sexual uh, discrimination, equal pay, um, assault and battery, coercion. Co coercion. coercion. <laughs> I can't even say it right. Um, uh, oh, so many. I can't even think right now. But um, the main thing is, is the equal pay and sex discrimination and 
that those are the main things. But uh, just getting into the wrestling, the wrestling business, you feel that it was it's unfair uh, the way female employees were treated down in Atlanta. Yeah, all of all of all of Turner Broadcasting and World Championship Wrestling females are treated unequal. They are uh, degraded. They are talked to in degrading ways. They are treated. Um, it's a very old boys, southern kind of um, atmosphere down there. Mm-hmm. You know, and they treat women really bad down there. And they're very, very racist. So, and it's really a shame. Well, the uh, the lawsuit now is has also has been okayed by was the Equal Opportunities yeah commission. commission. Well, first we had to file with them, the EEOC, to see if you can then file suit against the right. W. See, now the problem is though, now what they're trying to say when we got our answers back and hold on one second, Grindel, move. Sorry, he was going to get the phone anyway. Um, they they kept trying to say that I was an independent contractor, so um, none of the federal complaints are um valid yeah thank you that's the word well we have come to find out in georgia law that they have down in the contract that there is a no compete for like the world (laughs) and in georgia the no compete law is only 30 miles plus if you i wasn't paid per event i was paid per week and in my contract it was for like one year or two years you know, that's how the time refrains were. Yeah. And they owned my name and likeness, and it said I couldn't work for anyone else. So that goes, so it's how you interpret it, and they're going to have a judge to rule, which we have a very, very great female judge has already been assigned to the case, and she gets to rule whether I was an independent contractor or not. Mm-hmm. But we already have enough stuff that shows that in Georgia law, you know, if I wasn't paid per event, I was paid a salary. And the only reason why they have people as independent contractors is so when people like Rick Steamboat and everyone else gets hurt, they don't have to pay them any money, and they don't pay workman's comp on them. Well, the the whole thing with the major promotions, the the contract should be changed. Uh, it's always been stated, as far as on this program, that you know, without workman's comp and without uh, pensions, and you know, it's just it's they try to treat everyone like independent contractors. Yet, you can't work for anyone else. So it's right. a, it's a real conflict. And, right there. and it's a contradiction. Right, you can't use your name and likeness. And then they try to own your name and likeness. Yeah, but then they say you're an independent contractor. Right. So, uh, you know, if I, I wanted to go and do a couple of different things. Move, Grendel. Sorry. I wanted to go do a couple of things, and it's like they wouldn't let me do it. This no, could, you this, can't do that. This could be a very historic lawsuit in the wrestling business. Well, you know what? If anything, I hope it really helps all the boys out because wrestlers like Rick Steamboat, I just heard that he, had a, he, you know, he got hurt really bad. Yes, in a match. Right, and they just, like... Yeah. There's no compassion whatsoever. You go out there, they bust their tails, they get hurt. There's no, I look at Terry Funk, I look at Black Jack Mulligan, I look at all these old timers, and they're just, they, they walk, you see them walking, and it's like they're all, they're, they're beat up. Yeah. And they're still working. My God, is somebody ever going to come in here? I mean, I know football players. It's enough that they steal money from us. It's enough that WCW, you know, um, stole my money from from my calendars my hotline everything else that they did but you know they, they steal it from all of us and i and i sympathize with like the baseball players and i know everyone's going to go yeah 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 you know baseball's on strike and and nhl but let me tell you something those owners they make so much money and they don't want to show you the books you know why because they're stealing 
And if it wasn't for the players, they wouldn't have a game. The same thing with wrestling. A lot of interesting stuff to unpack there. She went off on WCW. She did. I know there was that situation where uh, during the TV taping, she had kind of a wardrobe malfunction, and one of her breasts was exposed, and a photographer shot a photo, and uh, the photo was blown up, and it was pasted around the locker room. So that's that that was not right. That was a big situation. Uh, and the 900, payment, uh, 900 number payments and just the way it was handled. And it went to court uh, and it was finally settled in the, the end of 96. Hmm. So the terms, what she received, you know, it was never really disclosed. Bischoff said... Some point it's like a hundred thousand, something like a hundred thousand or less. I think they came out on the podcast at some point. So they got off cheap. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's why nothing changed. You know, I think that's the that Missy Hyatt on the phone. Boy, if she could have been that Missy Hyatt, if they ever used her like that, it was that was interesting. Yeah. She went through hell. Yeah. At, at first, I just thought she didn't get over that Stan Hansen interview. Back in the day. Oh. <laughs> so, like, come on, Missy, get over that. But no, I mean, she, there's some substance there that yeah. very interesting stuff. And very yeah. spot on. Yeah, everything she was saying, too. I, I mean, you could even hear it in your voice back then that she was, you know, she goes, and they're racist. And you're just kind of like, uh oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, so you involved the uh EO? How's Jason Hervey doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Um, but yeah, I thought Yeah, she talks about that in the next clip, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah, that was interesting to hear. And um and the beginning of that clip and that segment with those callers was pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah you had three short callers right away. I got no testy with that up. one guy. Bam yeah. big low quick. You know, Bam Bam. Look, are you talking about Missy? No, <laughs> click. What I like too is that because in your mind, in this moment, you think you're only going to have Missy on for about 20 minutes or so because you only have an hour. And yeah. so you tell them, call back later. But at no point does she not on the show. So he couldn't have called back later. He'd have to call back another day. But right. um, in your mind, it was a short period of time. Yeah, it was um, when you condensed it, and I was so used to the two hours and going back to an hour. There's not enough time. The show mm -hmm. always worked best when it was a two-hour show. You mentioned that here towards the end of the show. Actually, there's a, a moment where you say, like, there's just not enough time this doing it this way. Um, is it because of the ads? Because how many ads you had to squeeze in? That you felt like you were uh, for the most part, yeah, you get that, you have that, uh, and it's just there's not enough time. But it was it was a financial thing. As well, I mean, it was uh, it was the end of the year. It was obviously it was a financial crunch for me. Yeah, you know, I could I could you know realistically see taking off Christmas and New Year's. That made sense. Yeah, but yeah, the, only the, way, the only way the only reason I got it back to an hour is financial. I mean that 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 was the unspoken thing. It had to be financial. It had to be right. 
So I wonder what you thought was going to happen at the beginning of the year that was going to send you back to the two-year thing. Unless you just were trying to like save up, like keep your money for Christmas. Well, I was, I was hoping I'd written a letter to McFoley as Santa Claus, and I was like, please find sponsors for me so I could stay back on the air. Hmm. I mean, it sounds like it would work. I mean, Santa could have delivered, you yeah. know, sponsors cool, for right? the following year, but it just didn't happen. Yeah. So I wound up working with the Peking Circus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had the backstory to that too, the Missy thing. Because when she said she was in this lawsuit and she was mentioning all that stuff, and I was like, why do I not know what this is about? But yeah, that was probably not the best way to handle that situation. Oh no, especially uh, the booby shot that was pasted I mean. everywhere. That's that's, yeah, that's 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 a lawsuit, in in itself. Yeah, to like for a current employee to have a naked picture. Imagine if that happened today. Oh, would be. Yeah. What would that happen in your school system, Joe? What would what would what would happen? Again, I don't know. I mean, we could go by past again. Time. What do you mean again? <laughs> yeah, I just, just <laughs> you know that you said EEOC, and I'm like, wow, I've been down that path a few times. Um, yeah. You know, just over the years in education. Um, no, obviously, I think. And what I wonder about is Missy was vocal about it, but you know that was happening to all of the women during that time in that era. And they just went along to get along, and it's that's the worst part. Hey, look at look at the way they were used during the Attitude Era, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that stuff. And that stuff now, I mean, it's that, none like, of that, none of it could go over. No, no, no and, and and if it did, boy, you would be, you'd have to do it in such a mockingly way, yeah, to denounce it. Yeah, yeah. When you look at that attitude era and those things that you know with with Trish Stratus and 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 uh, Sable and Sunny and all of them, I mean the Tory Wilson. I mean that all of it and all these things you know with McMahon having affairs with him on camera and yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that's a the hell. Yeah, I don't. Um, how could that? How could they have thought at that point? Well, it's desperation, right? They don't want to shut down. So they really had to pull everything out. Yeah, well, it was yeah. it was because of the gentleman who made this phrase famous, bro. Oh, yeah. and the guy that made this phrase famous. That's good shit, pal. No. <laughs> and they're both well, named Vince. I mean, and they were also reflecting a lot of what was happening too. They weren't the only people doing that on their shows. You know what no, I mean? No, like the era. Yeah, that whole era was like there's no, you can say watching back wrestling in the nineties didn't age well, but there's not much that came out of the nineties that aged well across the board. All yeah. networks, all magazines, a lot yeah. of songs. You know Howard what I mean? Like Kern, yeah. Morton Downey Jr. You know, yeah. they, these there were shows on the air that were just would never get on the air today. I mean, even the whole story behind Girls Gone Wild and how it became successful and how they use those people's images and how they like went to court and were beating it and stuff in yeah. ways that you look at it now and you're like, that wouldn't fly for a second. No. It was no. like industries were based off of being that awful. <laughs> like, it was crazy. That's why I'm enjoying the show Ted so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's based in the 90s. Yeah. So go back to when the first time I watched it, uh, a woman get hit with uh, Honky Tonk Man throwing Elizabeth down. I mean, that was shocking to me as a child. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember how old I was, but the first time I witnessed that, I'm like, what What was that all about? 
And think of how tame that is when you move into the attitude era and, and you know, that situation. But that was the first time that I could ever recall anything close. Yep. Yeah. Well, like ACW, they're putting women through tables at a certain point, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And WWE didn't bully Ray <laughs> put through a table. What's her name? The old lady. Yeah, but that was his shtick that he started in ECW. He yeah, brought but, that I mean, with but you still put a, an 80-year-old woman through a table. Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, in ECW, he was putting women in bathing suits in, through the table or in their underwear through a yeah, table. The, the, kind yeah, of like, I mean, yeah, look at this stuff they did in ECW. <laughs> look at it like, you know, yeah. it was almost like the 69 position sometimes when Tommy Dream or whoever had, you know, Buell McGill, Cuddy up there in a reverse stand-up position. Yeah. And when I think about that era too, before we, I don't want us to talk about it all day, but like there was no exception. Like you look at Medusa and they had her parading around nitro cologne in a bathing suit. And one of the only two times she ever appeared on Halloween havoc. Yeah. And like, she was only there because she was one of the greatest women's wrestlers in the world at the time. Yes. You know, like, because she was so capable in ring. WWF brought her in to bring legitimacy to their division. So people would think they're good wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And then we're fast forward like two years and it's all like, can you put on a bathing suit and just go walk around for a little bit? It's like, what? <laughs> like no one. It, Cause I can understand the Sunnies and Sables where they didn't have the wrestling ability. They yeah. brought in the models just to parade a certain way. When you bring in someone strictly because of what they've accomplished in ring and say, we want you to do the same thing. That's when it starts going like that's haywire. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Like it's insane, man. So I'm glad she sued them. I wish she got more money. <laughs> and, and you feel like you just going back to that era again, just everything that they were doing at WCW is just, how could they not have been sued more? Even, you know, even out of the bill wants, but Eric, when I always look back at that and think Eric was no more qualified to run that company than anyone, right, John? I mean, you could have you were more qualified to run that damn company than Eric, and yet he's making massive decisions for a for a corporation. I mean, just think when I think about that, uh, how ill prepared a group like you know Ted Turner is to put that guy in charge. Not because I think Eric's a bad guy, but just with that limited experience, he's not an executive, you know. So. You're gonna make those mistakes along the way because his background's mm-hmm. in wrestling, not in HR, not in business. And so I'm shocked that there wasn't more. It was an ad sales, I believe. That's how we yeah, started. He, yeah, he started mm-hmm. that. He started as a salesman, and then the, the way that story went, I think in his book, he it was by accident that he got on uh, on TV the first time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mm-hmm. like he's just hanging around. Hey, with Ganya, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, in the end, it's it's shocking to me that. Not shocking, but as these things are coming out in 95, they're dismissed. But today, I mean, you look at it. That's why we didn't hear about it, because in 95, shit, nobody cared. Yeah. It's just more of the you, same, right? You sent, a, you sent a tweet out today, and you could be canceled. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's sure. the headline. Tweet. Uh, now, we don't have as many clips this time, so I've only got two more clips, and they're a little bit shorter. Um because it's just a shorter show and I don't want to put the entire right. show up because that's what the Patreon's for, man. If you want to hear some of the cool stuff that's that's not in here, mm-hmm. it's worth get John it. a cup of coffee. Yeah, there right. you go. Patreon.com forward slash John Arezzi. Five bucks a month gets you in the door. All right. All, All right. right so now. here. All right now. <laughs> 
Here's um, here's another caller and a little talk afterwards. A little, this is where the Meltzer stuff comes up. Okay. Susan, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, Missy, I heard, uh, I'd like to know the situation from you. Uh, why Judd Nelson threw you out of a place called Scores? <laughs> well, um, he did what to me there? Uh, she said that Judd Nelson threw you out of a place called Scores. Oh, he threw me out? No. You know, I tell you what, you cannot do, I thought New York was a really big city. Yeah. It's like you can't do anything here without getting in the newspapers. Um, no, Judd is a, is a good friend of mine, and he kept calling me, I'm at this bar, you gotta come, you gotta come, you gotta come. Meet me up here at this bar, meet me up here at this bar. And I'm just like, oh, finally, and I was out having dinner with my one of my attorneys that was in town, and so then, say, so, okay, fine, you know, because he called like 12 times, so I go up there, and we were, I was only there about 10 minutes, and we left. I saved him. He had more women around him, poor guy. And he knew what to do with. There was like there was like sixteen girls. Wow. I know. So you just think when you're a celebrity. I wish I was there that night. Hey, listen, John. I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Yeah. But uh, you know. Well, you have a radio show. I'm sure. You I'm not Judd Nelson. Well, I've been <laughs> at Scores many times. I, I enjoy that place. But anyway, you were at Scores too a few years ago with yeah. us. Do you remember the, before it was really a, a full blown. Uh, uh, white collar topless place. Uh, we, right. did, we did a live remote there with you, and with it was a, on a Sunday. That's right, with a lightning kid, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, and it's a really nice place too. And uh, an uh, well, an ex boyfriend. I don't want to bring up a sour topic, but oh, you mean Jason, you mean the midget? Jason from the Wonder Years. Yeah, yeah the midget. At least Judd was taller, yeah. but Judd's just a friend of mine. Yeah, the midget. Do you know? I watched Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. It was on last night, and I swear I thought I saw him on there. It was one of those little oompa things. <laughs> What are they called? Those little, um... I don't know. <laughs> My sister I, loved that movie, so she would know. Uh, An Oompa Loompa or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's... I swear with him. I, he I, was, he was, I saw him in the original uh, Back to the Future last week. He was, like, playing a little kid on there. Well, he is a little kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, he can play little kids because he's so short, but... Um, wow. He was in a bunch of movies. So I take it uh, that wasn't amicable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. He's, he, you know what the problem was? He's just very immature. So okay. I got me a new boyfriend though, who's very sweet. Well, that's very good. So, all right, let's uh, let's take just like one or two more calls. We'll let you go for the day, missing. We'll but see. But why? You. I'm having fun. Well, Dave Meltzer's supposed to come on in a few minutes. Oh, okay. Forget about Dave Meltzer. What do you think? Just I'm mad at him. I'm mad at him. Are you mad at Dave? Yes. You guys go back a long time too, though. But I like him. Mm-hmm. He's he's very sweet, even though he wheezed. Because of him, I'm not I'm not doing the interviews for the Ultimate Fight Challenge. Yeah, that was another thing I was going to bring up. You were yeah. supposed to. Uh, it was reported that you were going to be working the next pay per view for Ultimate Fight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Until everyone and, and okay, I go and meet with the guy right mm-hmm. for the Ultimate Fight Challenge, and we're talking. I said, Oh yeah, I've read a lot about you know the Ultimate Fight Challenge. He's like, Where? And I said, Oh, in the Wrestling Observer, they've been talking about it. Oh, here's the guy's name and number, Dave Meltzer. Give him a call. Subscribe to it. It's great sheet. Next thing I know, I'm not getting the thing because all the people wondering to know if the Ultimate Fight Challenge was, you know, predetermined fights or if they were real or not. And so then the guys, like, got scared, didn't want any wrestling personality. But you can, can you really blame Dave for that? Yes. He just was giving an opinion. Wait. See, if he wouldn't have been my friend, then I would have never given the guy the newsletter. Yeah. See? And it just scared them off because they didn't, they, what, were they, what were they afraid of? That people would think that it's predetermined? Yeah. Just, ta- it just, like take, just take a look at it. 
and it was not. And she got screwed. Yeah, I think that's interesting too that she was supposed to be on UFC doing interviews, and then yeah. now she's not. Like, what could have been there, too? That could have been a because she told them to read the Observer. Yep. I wish more people lost their jobs for suggesting the Observer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was crazy. How yeah. neat. She's full of great stories, isn't she? What a life. Yeah. Very uh, very interesting listening to everything that she's saying right now because like, I had no idea with it, that ultimate fight. Like, it makes sense, though. I mean, yeah. you don't want that correlation, but still, it sucks. Yeah, yeah and then, you know, her going off of well, Jason Hervey. I mean, yeah. she's the one that went out with him. That was her. That was her love. I mean, I took them around Manhattan for three days. Would have I like this? And she was. They were joined at the hip. I like that. Uh, you bring him up, and then she just continuously refers to him as a midget and an oompa yeah. loompa. And then she goes, "But bottom line, he was immature." Like because you're handling this in a mature fashion. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, jeez. That's- that was my favorite part of it. She's like, look, he just was a little immature. And then he wound up being partners with Bischoff. Yeah. So, How close so were he... they? Was Bischoff and Jason? Yeah. They had oh, their own God. production company. Really? They produce okay. reality TV shows. Oh, that's who he's in business with. All right. I knew Bischoff did that stuff. I don't know much about his Hollywood life. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff with Jason. Yeah. Uh, Joe, did you have a question there? Well, I was just saying with Jason, I remember, I think I was on the show when we did the, when you did the show, they followed him around, followed him around. I mean, she was in love. She was and, in now love. He, and now here she is. Like, that's, that's a modern day right there. It was so almost like they were him. calling each other Schmoopy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Schmoopy. yeah. So, oh, Schmoopy, can I be on the one to you? Uh, yes, of course, Schmoopy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one. I, I love how, uh, first of all, Jen, you, you pretended like you didn't know what Scores was uh, originally when she mentioned it. You're like, mm-hmm. Scores? And then you, then you came out clean later, but I thought that was pretty funny. My first reaction. bring that up. I wanted to see what, where, the conver- where her conversation was going with it. I thought I'd correct her or not. Yeah, and if you should be associated with the place or not. <laughs> <laughs> and Judd Nelson, I, I never knew that connection. Yeah, they're friends, I guess. They're yeah, she's. Friends. Did she write a book? Because she sounds like she's been involved in enough little worlds that it might be an interesting read. I don't know. If she did. Mm. She didn't. She should. You might want yeah. to get on that one. Yeah, let's track down no, her. We'll get. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you we'll got to get her book deal. Yeah. Uh, you guys talk about how there's some exciting stuff in wrestling, <laughs> ECW, Cornette. Uh, did she? She ended up in ECW shortly after this, didn't she? She did. Run? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was there, ninety-five. Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then this, this is the last clip we have. It is a another few calls, kind of back to back. Okay, we're ready to take some more calls. We'll go to Union Dale and speak to Gary. Gary, you're on with Missy Hyatt. Hello, Gary, are you there? How you doing, Missy? Enjoy your work. Is there any truth to the rumor that you'll be uh, managing uh, Baba Booey in the WWE? <laughs> Baba Booey, Howard Stern's uh, sidekick and producer. Are you going to be marriage, managing uh, Baba Booey in the WWF, Missy? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, who the heck is Baba Booey? Howard Stern's producer. For uh, his, uh, uh, Ellie, I don't think so. Yeah, that's I a mean, little far-fetched. What? 
It's a little far-fetched. Oh, okay. What, is there another, is that another rumor going around about me? Mm, no, I guess it just started on this program. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll go to our next caller, Elliot from Wanta. Elliot, you're next. Mm. That was a different tune this time, right? Uh, Mike from Queens, you're next. Mike, are you there? Hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I want. I know you were talking about Herb Abrams. Uh, you know when Missy was there. Yeah, uh, Missy's what, still there. She's, you know when, when she was at the uh, uh, you the, know, the, the blackjack brawl number one. <laughs> When's number two? I'm just kidding. Uh, what What did she think of all the action there? Even though she didn't get paid and the check bounced, what do you think of everything that went on there? Uh, the action was great. But I lost fifty bucks at the blackjack table. Oh, are you talking about the wrestling action? Yeah. Uh, um, first match was good. The Dan Spivey match that I was, you know. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was a good one. Uh, the the Sunny Beach one, the only thing that saved that was Sunny Beach. Um, and I thought Sid Vicious and, and um, Dr. Death were pretty good. I thought it was a pretty good show. What do you think of Herb? He is in the same class of Jason Hervey. Immature little midgets. <laughs> Is that it, Mike? Yeah, I think, you know what? As a matter of fact, speaking of Herb Abrams, watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory last night, I think he was that big purple thing. One of those one of those purple oompas. That's one of your favorite movies, right? Willy Wonka? No, because I have very bad I, dreams that I have all these small Jason Herveys chasing after me. Go ahead. Sorry. We're going to go to our next <laughs> caller from Brooklyn this time. Bob, you're next. Bob, are you there? Yes, I am. I was wondering, John, why are you picking Missy Hyatt, the blonde, over Dave Meltzer? Where's your ethics in pro wrestling to pick a journalist over an interviewee? I don't know. Are you sucking on helium as you're asking this question? Uh, but anyway, Missy, uh, we've been promising the listeners Missy for quite a while. And uh, unfortunately, we only have a one-hour program today, so we can't squeeze everybody in. Oh, go read a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> a fitting ending. <laughs> yeah. What was wrong with that dude's voice, man? Wow. It was also weird. The call, even the context of it. Uh, where is your ethics? Yeah, my journal works like ethics. You're picking. Uh, is she? Was he saying I was picking her over Dave Meltzer, a journalist? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That as a pro wrestling journalist yourself, for you to not have the integrity to bring on Meltzer. <laughs> So you could continue to talk to Missy Hyatt, which yeah. I mean, yeah, Dave has appeared. Dave has appeared like on like a hundred shows. Yes, and Missy exactly. was on a handful of shows. So what are you gonna do? Exactly. Oh. Also, like from the most obvious sense, Missy's been on the show like four or five times. Yeah, Dave's on every couple weeks, and Dave will be better tomorrow. Dave's available a lot more often than Missy. So, but at least we know in December of '94 what Vince Russo was doing. He's calling in, heckling you about Missy Hyatt. Oh man! I have a Dave on. That, that could have been changing his yeah. voice. That could have been Vince with helium. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? Yeah. That would not shock me. Just Did saying. it sound like him? Well, I mean, the context, right? As always, where he put somebody up to it. Oh, I'm gonna have to check it out again. Do you want me to play it one more time? Do we want to see if? Uh, I mean, he didn't say bro. He didn't say bro. Uh, he wasn't saying bro back then. Really? No, bro, he wasn't. <laughs> so, but realistically, like, who the hell's asking that question, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's a very someone was disguising their voice, right? Yeah, that's 
Because, yeah, that's right. That's the only reason for it, right? The right. helium sounding, whatever, because that was somebody intentionally disguising their voice that I might asking, have known. Asking a very intelligent question that uh, that we all figured out in 20 seconds. Like, hey, you got Missy Hyatt on. That's right. By, by the way, Dave or Missy, I'm, I'm going to go with Missy too. Yeah. You, you want Missy to be ripping on you a few years from now, calling you a midget. <laughs> I like when she talked about the scores thing when I was like, I wish I, you know, she was like, well, she didn't want to call me like a fat pig or anything, right? But she was like, John, you know. <laughs> right. No. So I love, like, in that situation, I'm listening to the same thing, John. So, so I'm a large mammal. And when people talk about other people, I'm like, well, what the hell's, what the hell's Missy Hyatt saying about me? Uh, you know, come on, Missy. Yeah. That what was what I. What does Judd Nelson have over us? Come on, Judd, come on, Judd Nelson of all people. It was well, yeah, Missy Hyatt, that's for sure. Mm. I wonder. Well, she did just say that they're friends more than anything. Yeah, because she's made that. She wanted to make that clear a couple times, and that you know, I mean, you can take it or leave it, right? Sometimes that's to protect somebody. Sometimes it's right. Of course, it is. Of course. And she had a no, new she, she traveled. She traveled around in like some pretty high-profile circles back then. That's she, actually. She was part of the club scene. She was part of that night scene in New York City, and she was hobnobbing with a lot of famous people. And she did mention, like Joe said, that she had a boyfriend. She said in the early clip that, that he's uh, really sweet. And in another spot uh, that you can hear on the Patreon version, she mentions that the UFC is a, a different type of fighting style mm -hmm. and that her boyfriend uh, trains in one of those styles and kind of insinuates that he intentionally gets into fights at bars and stuff just to do it um but uh yeah if you're saying that about your boyfriend and then someone else saying judd nelson if it is judd nelson you definitely don't want to say that's judd nelson <laughs> but also if it's not you definitely don't want to upset the guy who it's not you know what i mean right of judd course. nelson's about to get a beat down yeah yeah my goodness fascinating interview and the whole thing could be heard on patreon um but yeah, fascinating. Really? That was really cool to have her on at this time because also, um, I guess she'll be on in a couple of weeks when we do that uh, live remote from the Coliseum with her and Mick. Yeah. And you know what? It was a lot of fun. She was a good guest. She was really good with the callers. She was having a good time. Uh, yeah. She was uh, filtered. She had no problem talking about stuff. I could tell you were trying to tiptoe around the lawsuit and she was just all like, I'll tell you anything about it. I'll tell right. you no, at least, you know. She was an open book on this appearance. Yeah. And that usually she, was when she came on. She usually was that way. I don't think she feared any kind of repercussions about stuff, for better or for worse. She was just like, as long as I speak the truth, nothing can hold me back, right? Like, yeah. where you had been in a lot of situations where you're like, well, you can have a lawsuit fail or you can get blacklisted. And like, <laughs> there's a lot of issues I've come across for truth. So mm -hmm. for her, it's all like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Did she do much in Hollywood? How about what? Did she ever do much in Hollywood? Like was she at least in bit roles and stuff? Because she um, had I don't think for so. so long. I don't think so. I don't recall. Yeah. Me neither. Um interesting. Mm. Um well, John, before we completely wrap it up, because you brought it up a week or two ago, I feel like I should give an update. You had mentioned that I had been given a wrestling singlet. 
<laughs> out of the blue from an old friend. So I. Okay. You're wearing it? Tried it on. <laughs> and John, uh, in style of pro wrestling spotlight, okay. I wanted to show you this right here. All right. Let's check you it out. Watching? <laughs> if you're watching a YouTube. <laughs> The old and style sign too. Look at that. I, I signed it. Oh my god! Did it? We should actually. We should promos. actually. For the next ten new patron members, mm. we sh do you have copies of that thing you could sign and send out? <laughs> I could make them. Yeah, I can get them printed. That's not a problem. All right. And we'll got to get yeah. one to Joe. And yeah, and yeah. I mean, I'll hang it. Yeah. I'll put it right next to the flare. Right, right, right next to flare. I like it. I like it. I took. We should actually have a. Uh, we should have a photograph of me and my wrestling gear from '78, and you in that gear. We should put them both on the same picture, sign them, send them out to the, to the. We should. Did you get any promo shots picture. done when you were in the gear? I do have. Really? <laughs> That's amazing. Georgie, George Napolitano took. Uh, yeah, I'm there like this with my yeah? arm folded. I'm one of these guy the grappler pose. That's what I was going on. for. The old... <laughs> We gotta yeah. see those. I'm gonna look for the. I'm gonna find the nags and look. Find them, send them to me so I can put them side by side, and we'll yeah. do a, a dual eight by ten for uh for the next like ten patrons. Well, actually, yeah, we'll 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 do it. We'll actually announce it officially next week. Yes. Well, let's put Over it together, here. and then we'll decide how you get one of these rare collector's items mm -hmm. of Marsh and I in our singlets. <laughs> In a very attractive wrestling poses. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and if that doesn't drive up the the membership, I what is? Hey, we got to we got to get at least a ten or fifteen percent increase in our members just based on this announcement today. Even leading into next week, no yeah, doubt that'll do it right there. So, well, yeah, John, uh, that was it. the show, and I, I wanted it. to give you that update. And when uh, <laughs> when I tried it on, I was all like, I got an idea. The way John used to do it. Hilarious. He used to sell promos. Yeah, I sold a lot of promos. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So. <sighs> Good episode, guys. Yeah. A lot of fun. Was, I'm always so grateful. You guys have me on. Yeah, yeah. We're grateful it. for you. You're you're one of our two executive producers. We gotta get that up. I'm telling you, the five dollars gets you in the door. You gotta you gotta go all the way into the damn house. Yeah, it's, you, a, it's a great yeah, you deal. You gotta dive deep. That's right. You kind of be welcomed into the entire show, the entire house. It's a house of just historic content. It, it really is. So you can't, you're not going to get that deal anywhere. So, no, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's really good. Joe, was there anything, especially since you've been re-listening to his book, was there anything that you've been uh, meaning to to ask John? No, I just I think I always think it's just fascinating when you when you go back and listen to it again or read it again, and you're like, oh how the hell does he do this? And he, he's done this and, and just, it is John. It, again, I always, I always go this route, but you've done everything in your career that you've wanted to do, right? You love baseball. You pretty much, you, you love wrestling and hell. I loved Patty Loveless. It all made sense to me reading that damn book. So it's just, it all the trying. Yeah. People, uh, People don't understand like the knowledge. You know, we've talked about this before. Just your yeah, vast knowledge is it's phenomenal. I, I never it. was. I was never afraid to reach out or or push the envelope or whatever. I never was intimidated. Like what I'm working on right now, which you know, hopefully, 
uh, everything will be to you know comes to fruition. But it's just a matter of like, all right, uh, what do I do next? And it was like, oh, I have this great idea, and these would be good people to do it with. And you call them up, you find the number, you call them up, and I, I'm not intimidated. And I can't realize sometimes I can't believe some of the times when I'm talking to people who are like on the other side of the phone. It's like there's one of my heroes, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, I'm conversing with them. And then so you, that's and if you can do business with them, I mean, and it's like, right. That's how it. That's how I did it. Yeah. With I don't know. Is it no shame or just no intimidation, no fear? It just wasn't ever ever was, and I don't know why. Because I was extremely shy in school. Yeah. I wouldn't talk to anybody in school. I'd sit in the back of the classroom with my coat on, and I didn't talk to anyone. No mm -hmm. friends, really. Maybe a handful of friends. And I was shy. I, I mean, you know, forget about dating and all that in high school. Didn't have a date in high school. Nothing. Just, just. It wasn't until I, I went to Boston in college, and through the wrestling stuff. I don't know. I just, maybe I had two personalities. I don't know. But in school, I was not, and I wasn't the best. Joe, you would have, you would have, you would have expelled me from. Your no, no, no. We would have made damn sure you had some connection. I mean, that's the key now, today. I, I had a, I had a teacher. I had a teacher in uh, in senior class when I was just getting involved with wrestling and starting to take pictures. Mr. Nello was his name. And uh, our school project was to start our own, like, class newspaper that we called the Streaker because streaking was big back in 73 or 4, whenever it was. And I wrote for that. And he encouraged me. You're a good writer. You're this, you know, and... So you know you find people along the way that believe in you, but I was I was totally and I hardly went to high school in the last couple of years. I I would skip out or not go, and I didn't even you know even when I I didn't take SATs, I didn't I I just barely I had to beg my gym teacher to give me a circle sixty five so I can graduate because I never went to gym class. So it was a uh, and then you know and then I started working in a factory and and then uh, i was like you know i almost got killed one night on the loading dock and and i was like what am i doing i gotta go to college right and this was a year after i graduated i got a my guidance counselor i was like miss sidlow i i want to go to college she goes shouldn't you have thought of that when you were a student here at west babylon high school well and, no, i didn't though so uh, now what <laughs> uh, so, and then, you know, she says, let me see. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't have any answers. Then she calls me up. She goes, there's one college that might accept you because they accept anyone. But they might. And it was Graham Junior College in Boston, a communication school. And I got in. Nice. Mm -hmm. That was it. That changed me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, it's it's been a hell of a ride. I love it. And I yeah. love the fact you're going to re go back and give us an opportunity. Cause like I said, I was late to the party. I, yeah. I found you by accident uh, originally. Um, lots, of, I've got, <laughs> lots of partying to come. Yeah. I can't wait. Can't wait. When we relive it all again. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, Joe, it's always great to see you. Appreciate you guys. I really do. I always learn something new. Yeah. Thank you Thanks very much. much. Do you have a do you have a social media page you want to plug? No, I don't, I don't believe in that <laughs> social media stuff. That, that stuff, uh, Oh, I know. It's, it's so funny because in this world, so you know, I own a coffee shop. I own a couple other businesses. 
And I have to reluctantly, um, well, I hire people to do the social media part and she'll call yeah. me and she's like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think? Like, I haven't looked at the damn page. What do you, it's such a, in education, there's such a disconnect right now with yep. kids and, and such. Yep. So I don't, I don't perpetuate it. And yeah, it's, so much it's uh it's a necessity for what we do. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. And for me, uh, you call a couple snow days off. You don't want to get on the Facebook. You want to stay away from it. So it's best, oh. uh, best yeah. that I don't have any social media or know what's going on out there. I yeah. live in bliss. Everyone loves me. Well, that's good. You're doing you're doing very well, and it's a good decision to make to stay off of that stuff too. That's right. I'm saying nobody's gonna fall. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right, we will uh we'll have you back on in the first quarter, which is we're in the first quarter right now. We have you back on probably March, April around there. It's part of your deal with us, with the uh, executive producers, because as an executive producer, you get to come you, on. You get, to, you get you get to come on what six times a year? So six times you get all this access. I mean, anyone not doing it is just crazy. It's crazy. It, I, right. You know, I I always try to sell it because I I do feel like I've never one time regretted this portion of it. It's like wow, I I want the content. The fact that you know to come on up, you know, I'm not very interesting. You guys humor me. It's nice of you. I appreciate that, but. Just that that uh, the content that you get. Um, I do a lot of driving shit. I'm pulling that up all the time. I'm so thankful for it. You become a friend. Yeah, and I welcome to the show. That's what yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, and I and, and honestly, throughout all of this, from the very beginning, it's like, wow, for that price, hundred bucks, you get all of this for. I mean, for a month, that's crazy. And I get it. You know, people struggle and what have yeah. you. But yeah. but uh, I also know uh, there's a lot of people who find a lot of shit out there that's. Uh, that's far, you know, priced far higher with without the without the same type yeah. of bang for your buck. So, yeah. Well, if you like, if you like classic wrestling, come on. We appreciate you, man. Thank you yep. so much. Yep. All right, Joe. Take care. And Marsh, why don't you let us know what the hell is going on in your life? And now that you're a model. Yeah. Well, I'm starting my wrestling career now that I've got the promos that I can start selling. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm over there with Medusa, Queen of Carnage on YouTube, like we talked about, uh, obviously with you, youtube.com slash pro wrestling spotlight. Um, and then I'm still just hanging out with my buddies over at uh, Wrestling on the Rocks, and we're just getting that all, we're having fun over there. There's a lot going on in wrestling that we're excited about right now. So Yeah, it should be a good uh, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania coming up. I, I'm really excited about what's going on over there, at least. There's a lot of stuff going on right now that just seems like like a spoiling of riches, like as predictable as things can be storyline wise. There's yeah. so many factors right now that you go, uh, anything can really go either way here. So it's a Did fun it, time to watch. Didn't uh, WWE just sign Andrade again? Yeah, I saw, I read that, that there's like a imminent start date. Like it could be any moment. So uh, AEW loses another one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just don't, I didn't see him utilized uh, very highly. He wasn't. At either place. He wasn't. And you're right. right. In both places, he wasn't. So let's see yeah. what happens. Exactly. That's how I feel about it. Like, hey, good luck to you. Let's see what you got. You know? Yeah. So. All right, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Marsh. A great guy. Let me tell you. And thanks, Joe Holloway, as well, for um, spending your evening with us here. It was a really good it's a really good shoe tonight. Enjoyed it very much. Uh, that's going to wrap it up 
don't forget patreon.com forward slash John Arezzi. Um, we will have a few more shows left. Then we'll have that announcement on January the 29th. It's a Monday. Uh, if you're a patron, uh, I'll send that a, a notification uh, and uh, we'll talk about what the next incarnation of pro wrestling spotlight will be uh, with the patrons first and, uh, and get your feedback on it. So hopefully we're going to be entertaining you for a while longer. And as I get older each and every year, uh, can't see myself doing this in the seven into my seventies, but who the hell knows? Anyway, join our private group, facebook.com, Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast and Radio Show. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, that is youtube.com forward slash uh, Pro Wrestling Spotlight. We have the two other Matt Memories groups, one private, one public on Facebook. Twitter at John Arezzi or X. Instagram at John Arezzi. Threads at John Arezzi. And for the book that uh, you guys so graciously talked about today, uh, Marsh and Joe. Uh, I'd be more than happy to sign and number a copy of the book, Matt Memories. Just message me if you're a patron or send an email to john at mattmemories.com and it'll be 25 bucks plus a few dollars in postage and you'll have uh, what is going to be turning out to be a collector's item the Matt Memories First Edition. And I want to thank uh, our producer, creative director, and really the co-host of this show, Marsh. And thanks to uh, uh, Joe Holloway once again, Anthony Pyrus, and for each and every one of the patrons for your support helping with the production costs for the show. Until next week, when we bring on more zany guests, you're not going to believe it. We're going to have some fun next week's show as well. And it's my birthday, uh, at least the day we're taping it. Um, and uh, that's going to be about it. Until next time, when we relive more history with you, this is John Arezzi for the Pro Wrestling Spotlight.